0: This is Subject Matter, the show for creators who want to grow with audio. I'm Ben Bradbury. What is the difference between art and design? Art is free thinking, and all creators are artists in my opinion, but design, design has constraints. When you get a design brief, you need to know the audience, the colors, the font, maybe the mission. This all goes into creating something with purpose. And as we'll get into on today's interview with the CEO of Squadcast, Zach Moreno, this is something that applies to every creator because you've got to decide, are you going to create art? And is that more of a hobby that feels like play for longevity? Or is you going to apply design? Are you going to give yourselves constraints, a goal? Is it going to be something that you want to work and serve? And Zach's company, Squadcast, They serve what he calls the professional creator. So if you're looking to grow and monetize your content specifically with digital tools, this is going to be a fascinating episode for you. We get into Zach's background. We get into his philosophy on how he's built out Squadcast and how to collaborate effectively as a creator. There's tons of nuggets in this one. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Please enjoy my interview with Zach Moreno. I'll see you guys soon. zach welcome to subject matter it's great to have you here appreciate you having me on ben so you've got a pretty interesting background when i think about the people i've had on the show most people are either building themselves or maybe they're a creator maybe they're tinkering on the back end as an engineer but you kind of hit on multiple buckets you're both technical starting out as an engineer and now running Squadcast as ceo Tell us a little bit about what it's been like managing that transition from one very distinct role to the
1: other. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, first and foremost. Um, moving between disciplines is something that I, I've learned to really enjoy and is a common thread across my career, even you know, pre-Squadcast. Having kind of started in art and moved to sculpture and then eventually graphic design and web and apps and All the engineering pieces that go into making something go from like, you know, a static print design, let's say, up to something that's very interactive and engaging and collaborative in our case with Squadcast is uh, this, you know, really fun, like multiplayer experience where you're collaborating with other people and in our case, helping them create studio quality content from around the world. So that collaboration always added kind of a spice of improv to the work that I've done across all those mediums and just working in new formats, new mediums is something that's uh, always been fun to me. So the leadership role in Squadcast is something that affords me the opportunity to help all the members of our team with the execution of their work. And that's very much our approach to leadership as well as uh, helping other people grow into their leadership. Uh, roles. So moving between disciplines also, you know, I get that kind of as a bonus factor in that work. How do you identify the leaders on the team? Because
0: something I've noticed with my own team is that some people are amazing at what they do, and they're really happy doing that thing. So I know she won't mind me saying this when she listens, Aubrey, our graphic designer, incredibly talented. She can clone just about any brief into any deliverable I give her. It's like she's continually reading my mind do I ever see Aubrey leading a 10-person graphic design team? Probably not. But also I know that she's very happy working on that project. So, and I'm sure there's probably some equivalence for you. So how do you think about identifying the people on your team that do want to grow into those management roles and then the people that prefer to stay as specialists?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, our listening is very key to our culture. And this is something that I I just ask people on our team what their preference is. And also, you can kind of see it communicated through their actions and behaviors over time as well. Um, Our our team's up to 13, so, you know, growing. But I think that I learned a valuable lesson while I was teaching at Cal Berkeley, with another very talented engineer named GT. GT wants to stay uh, like a junior engineer in spirit, like beginner's mind approach to work. Although he has this, you know, 15-20 year experience in hardware engineering, electrical engineering at Google, software engineering, like all these crazy disciplines of engineering, he Did not have aspirations of growing into a management leading a team role, even though he had those skills beyond even some of those people. So I do think it's up to the organization to stay flexible, to empower their team, to have both of those paths be valid for their career growth. I think they're both legit. Yeah, there's definitely
0: no one right answer. And it's kind of equivalent to creators, where if you want to be an indie creator and go it alone, there's a ton of value and independence in doing that. Likewise, if you want to partner with operators to help you scale, there's value in that in a different way. But definitely something that you said, which I want to come back to you use this phrase of having a beginner's mind, and I don't know whether you're referring to the book Zen Mind Beginner's Mind there, but that's a book I really like and take a lot of inspiration from. Is that a model that you use in your own work? And if so,
1: how does that show up for you? Definitely do. And it also I find helps uh, with approaching new disciplines to your question earlier. It's just being able to kind of like put the glasses on and off. Like I think of it as kind of like looking through different lenses and maybe it's something that I've learned in my work as a designer as well Is this, you know, the empathy to put yourself in another person's role and experience with technology or design and products like is um, kind of adds to the flexibility of the ways that you look at the work that we do. So I absolutely see that as, you know, something that's a big part of what I practice in my work. And you know, we also try to walk the walk as much as possible, not just imagine the empathy but actually go through those processes firsthand you learn a lot of really interesting details and you know that's why Squadcast has had a podcast for a long time where we have a growing youtube channel now you know we are also a content production company because that's the customers that we're proud to serve are doing that work and our product helps them in that effort so it's like dog fooding plus plus you know is, is is what we try to practice in our team culture (laughs) I love that. Plus, plus
0: dog food. I'm going to steal that one. I think this idea of lenses is really important when you're creating something. You can look at your content through different themes, through different pillars. You can look at the different goals that your audience have, and you can look at the way that you want to serve them. And when we last spoke, you said something really interesting, which is that it's it's important to see the distinction between how users of the Squadcast platform, which for people who don't know, is a collaborative platform where people can record podcasts and media on. It's important to see the difference between users of Squadcast as a creator and how they would act as a media company itself, because those are different behaviors. That to me really sounds like an example of one of the, the lenses that you would potentially use, And you mentioned that you really want to focus on this core audience of what you call professional creators. Why have you decided to zero in on that audience and look at your business through that lens?
1: Yeah, it's the way that we've seen the ecosystem grow, but it's also how um, our product responds to, to helping creators grow. So, you know, a lot has been said about the monetization potential in these different formats like youtube and podcasting and it's great you know we're seeing ad revenue grow i think it's projected to be 4 billion by 2026 in podcasting's case so still early innings but growing and i think that also subscriptions content subscriptions being facilitated by apple Podcasts and spotify is all fantastic towards the the getting creators paid side of the equation and those professional those creators like getting paid that is uh, how we define professional creators so you made a good point earlier though too that not every podcast needs to it's not all silver and gold right you could have value of just meeting more people and talking to them and growing your network and that's legit value that you can derive from your podcast it doesn't all have to be monetized in dollars and cents so I think that um, if you are talking about dollars and cents, though, that is a business, then your your content is a product and the quality of your product reflects on your brand and the brands that you are partnering and collaborating with. And that's really where we see also complementary research from like USC has dug into why the quality of um in our case of our products that uh, you know our customers content right audio and video content podcasts youtube audiobooks all that kind of stuff right the quality is directly correlated to the credibility of the people in that content so if you're representing your brand other people's brands you know and having a subscription business around that content this demands tools and you know workflows and practices that are up to that standard of producing that quality and scaling it. So if you have a team, you're globally distributed, you have multiple shows. That's what I mean when I say scale. So if you're a media business, you can imagine how adding shows, growing your team, right, um, producing more episodes more frequently gives you greater surface area to work with brands and have that inventory of ad space grow. So um, producing that at scale is what the Cloud Recording Studio that we've defined, the category that we've helped to define at Squadcast, is really aimed at, at serving those creators and yeah, their growth. So do you think about as Squadcast
0: the difference between serving a community of professional creators versus indie creators and the tools that they then need. I'm just trying to understand how that would show up for you as a builder. Like, do you have one separate product roadmap for one use case and then a separate product use like roadmap for another use case? How does that exactly work?
1: Yeah, we like to stay unified in our workflow. So we have one big roadmap to answer your question kind of on a tactical level, but we certainly make sure that the features that we're working to define and design and build, do represent usefulness across indie all the way up to like the espn and google's that are using squadcast so i do think you know most notably with our most major or most recent major release rv5 you know we made sure that when we added team collaboration to the platform, that that was a feature that was represented from our indie plan all the way up to our business customers that we work with. And that's not something that's just uh, like gated for just businesses, let's say, right? Because we know there is this growth that's happening where it's early innings, like I said earlier. So we want to empower indies that want to grow. We need to make sure that, you know, it's accessible to them as well. And you know, our mission at Squadcast is to amplify collaboration. I think how we see the creator economy grow overall is is access to studios. And we're proud of that, you know, contributing to that work at Squadcast where quality used to be gated in kind of like NPR studios that were physical buildings. Now, these things are accessible in the cloud to people recording, you know, 190 countries around the world. So it's really awesome that we can Play a role in that, and bringing these features, yeah, across the spectrum of wherever people are at in their creative journey is something that we're always designing for.
0: Yeah, and I think taking a a step back from that, and we'll we'll get into collaboration in just a second. It's interesting to think about where those studios show up. So when I think about Amazon, for example, they started as an online brand, one of the first e-commerce brands in the world, but now. If you want to go and play with an Amazon Kindle or an Alexa, you can go to a physical Amazon store and get your hands on the hardware. And so rather than just being online, they've realized that there's a lot of footfall in retail. And actually we want to give people the ability to interact with our products then and there. I think there's an interesting correlation for creators where we have these digital studios to work with, but actually with podcast or if your podcast audience hits a critical size, or your audience hits critical size, you're going to want to bring them together in person. And when that happens, you're going to have a much better experience if you invest in the right infrastructure, the right kind of production to support you with that. So I actually, I don't think it's just limited to offline. I think your
1: thesis holds true for people interacting in the real world too. Yeah, that's totally what we find. And there's a lot of blending of the two, right? Uh, even if you have like a couple people who are in person bringing that person who's remote in, right? Uh, And everything in between, I think there's a lot that benefits from the creative process of people getting together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the logistics get in the way of us being physically together, but uh, that's another form of scale that we uh, are proud to help creators like kind of just remove the barriers, however they wanna create, right? Giving that flexibility to their workflow. Totally. Let's zoom in for a second on some of
0: Squadcast's big cultural traits. So you've mentioned collaboration a few times. It's infused into your mission. What do you think effective collaboration with creators actually looks like? Because you you serve this audience of the professional creator, the person who does care about the ROI of their content. And I'm sure you have either in user interviews or sat in on podcasts, probably spoken to hundreds, if not thousands of creators at this point. How do you think we can as brands and as businesses best
1: work with creators in the creator economy I think it's providing constraints right so I'll get kind of philosophical for a second here and uh, sure I've always loved the question what's the difference between art and design and design has constraints Art can or you know it's up to you and the constraints can change as you're creating over time but design we have usually some sort of, date that we're we're looking to target we have some sort of audience that we're looking to communicate to we have a message that we want them to receive maybe we have an action that we want them to take right so as a designer this is what you get as kind of the prompt and then the creative process is informed. So uh, looking at this like a software engineer, right, the designer is kind of this black box, and you feed in one side the inputs, you feed in this spec, and then the other side you get these beautiful things that, these beautiful designs that are an attempt at satisfying those constraints. And then that gets deployed into the, the audience, and we see how it actually performs, right? So this is something that I think is a fundamental difference. And it's what we as a team at Squadcast practice in our collaboration is, one, I should preface that we're a fully remote team and we have been from day one. So when I say collaboration, I also mean remote collaboration. But to your point earlier, we do also get together in person and those are, you know, pretty magical opportunities. So what we focus on is like, what are we making? What are the things that we're actually making? That's the, when when we say we're creators, that's what I Want to produce? That's what I want. When I feel like I've done work and been productive, is when I'm making things, and I can look at that and say, "Okay, that's what I've created." So I think that that's what we focus on at Squadcast is what are the things that we make. Um, You know, we make technology, we make our product, but um, we make an internal product for empowering our teams, collaboration, and our support team, and being able to serve our customers. You know, there's a number of different things that that we make. We make podcasts. We make YouTube videos. These are all outputs from the Squadcast team. So I think that's how we keep it engaging for ourselves as creators within a creative team is also, you know, it blows our mind that our creation is super meta. It gets to help other people create their stuff, right? And I always like to think about this uh, like fake ratio of creation versus consumption and Back when I was like in college and stuff like that, I would try in vain to balance my consumption with my creation and try to have them be equal with one another. And it's kind of an impossible feat because you need to have inspiration, you need to pull in you know ideas from the outside world to inform the things that you create. So it's kind of you know an interesting exercise, but it's just a thought experiment. Doesn't actually, it's not really possible. With Squadcast, is like my first attempt at actually like okay, maybe because we help people our creation helps people create, That that's one way that I can help balance out my creation versus my consumption. And if you go off of that definition, yeah, we far exceed creation to consumption nowadays. <laughs> well, a couple comments on that. One,
0: I think the kind of content you create is going to be constrained to use your language by the content you consume. The brain is this wonderful, complex thing we don't really understand. And what I do understand is that the mix of books, podcasts, newsletters, documentaries that go in there, that percolates and that informs the ideas that I have. No doubt. Secondly, I love this idea of art having no constraints and design having constraints. What what comes up for me there is actually thinking about this idea of content design, because I do believe that all creators are artists. I think what we make is art in some sense. But in order for content to be effective for professional creators, you have to have some element of design. And that's design on the parameter of having a clear mission to rally around, having an audience to come back to, having themes that are consistent, knowing your brand's differentiator at the same time. So if design is constraints, then content design
1: is thinking carefully about creation before you press go. Yeah, it's it's more... Of a product right and i even go back to something i started with was you know i had this kind of amateur art career back in the day and i was fairly successful in being able to sell paintings and i always wondered kind of why that was but it's because of the point you just made that i had kind of without even thinking about it added these extra constraints like i actually want somebody to try to buy my painting most of the other people in my classes that i collaborated with they were like, oh, I that'd be great if somebody bought my painting, but I'm making this for me. I was like, I'm making this for somebody else to buy. I want this. I want to think about what it's like in their living room or in their hallway, right? What's that going to be like? What's the price point where that's actually, what's the you know willingness to pay within my market? I was going through all these exercises without even realizing it. And these are the constraints that I think are helpful here is the, the difference where I've definitely created things that are just for me, and I love it, or maybe it's a gift for somebody else. Yeah, the constraints are pretty minimal there, right? I might consider what colors my wife likes, right? If I'm making something for her, pretty minimal constraints. I know the audience is one person. But if I'm trying to sell a painting, and it's kind of unknown audience, and you know, it gets a little more interesting. And that's where I think that the design to the content or whatever you're producing comes into play. Really interesting seeing revenue as a
0: constraint as well. Like, <laughs> uh, is is this a hobby or is this something that's going to make money? Because that changes yeah. the motivation, the the way you approach it. Well. Or at least
1: a connection to revenue, yeah, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's got to be there. Yeah. That's right. Well, so we've got three or four minutes here and in subject matter fashion, I'd love to end with a little lightning round. So I've got some quick questions for you and you've just got to say the first thing that comes on top of your head. We won't spend too long on them. We've got uh, got four that we're going to get through. You ready? Cool. All right. So. Aside from Squadcast, what is one piece of software or hardware that you can't live without? Bluetooth. Ooh, good answer. <laughs> What's <everywhere>. your se- <laughs> Yeah, literally. Yeah, I wouldn't be using these if not. Second, what is your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? Everyday Astronaut. Mmm. What is the elevator pitch for Everyday Astronaut?
1: It's bringing space down to everyday people. I believe is there. Oh their come on! Line. It was
0: down to earth. Was sitting there. <laughs> oh down to earth. Yeah, down to earth for everyday yeah. people. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Next, what is the
1: most fun that you have when you work? I'm especially curious about this one for you. Yeah, I think it's like working on challenging things where the answer is unknown with other people. Mm. Yeah, there's something so satisfying to solving the hard problem. Yes, yes. And it's been a theme across our work, like running towards the hard things. I mean, our patent is an example of that. It was originally a question and mm-hmm. answer asked by our founding advisor, Harry Duran, and the answer took, yeah, nine or ten attempts to even have a chance at it. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, last question. What
0: is one piece of advice that you would give to a creator starting out today? Add constraints. Yes love that design is constraints i'm taking that one home with me (laughs) all right zach well this has been a blast if people want to follow you keep up with your ideas where can they follow you online
1: yeah i'm at zach in space on twitter and zach with an h um and i'd love to connect wherever you're at in your creative journey um whether it's podcast youtube whatever i'm into it amazing zach thanks so much thank you ben Thanks for tuning in. I'd love to hear what you
0: thought of the episode and any ideas you've got for future content. You can email me directly at ben@workweek.com. At to keep up to date with the very latest content, make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with a friend who might find it useful? I'll see you next time.